and welcome to Let Me Ask My Mom. I am your host, Carlisle Studer, here with my lovely mother, Mama Ship. Mama Ship, Mothership, Carmen Studer. I'm here. I'm here, and I'm so thankful to be here with you. I'm here. I'm thankful. I'm hashtag blessed. Yes. We had uh, we we launched well. We trickled out, and I'm so pleased, Kevin. Thank you for all of your help. Thank you, guys. I mean, it was your idea to do the slow trickle, and it really it worked great. It's it's fun. We had over a thousand views. Which blew my mind. In, in less in, than 24 hours. In less than 24 hours. Yeah, exactly. that's pretty good. That's pretty good that's, uh, for a little mom and pop shop podcast. Very good. <laughs> this is going to be out of order for anybody that listens yeah, to this piece. Like, but, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be all right. But that's all right. You guys will just have to suffer with us uh, celebrating our our first release. Yeah, that's fine. Time doesn't exist anyway, so we're just we're just working on our own plane. Less and less these days. <laughs> Right? No, I agree. I agree. Uh, All right. So let's get into it. What do we start with every week? We ask my mom a question. Yay. Very exciting. You always ask me hard ones. Can you give me a like easy one this time? Um, This one might be easier. Okay. So my question for you is, what is the best advice you've ever been given? And this is like a basic question, but... I feel like it's very specific to people, so I'm curious. So I, like, very quickly, the very first thing that comes to my mind, and I've told you the story because you literally would not exist Oh yes. if I didn't get this advice. So you already know <laughs> what it is. The best advice in ever. the whole world to ever be given. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> so uh, I, Dane had to have heart surgery when he was three. We and that knew, is my older brother. We knew that. And you were uh, a possibility at that point in time. And I remember it had just gotten, he had just recovered because he literally had got strep and staph infection in his heart. And we recovered it. And it was just so exhausting to go through that. And I remember talking to my dad and saying, you know, it's just so easy. He's, you know, so much older now. He watches movies. Like, I don't know if I want to go through that whole baby thing again. (laughs) And he looked at me and he goes, Carmen, I don't know one person that ever regretted having a baby. (laughs) And I mean, maybe there are people out there, but apparently my dad doesn't know them. And I was, you know, it really resonated with me. I'm like, yeah, that I, I, such a beautiful experience to look into the eyes that are just so pure and so beautiful and like they literally just came from God and um and so I was like he's right I have nothing to lose I've got to have another one so I think that was really really incredible advice I liked it um what's the worst advice you've ever been given (laughs) oh wow that's a great question what's the first thing that pops into my head on that one um yeah, you might need to. What's your worst? That's hard. <laughs> I know. I know. I, that's I, why I couldn't even. The worst advice I've ever gotten um, is probably from a guy who was trying to get with me. <laughs> you know, like you should do blankety blank. Oh yeah. Uh, uh-huh. And and I would say that that's really bad advice. But of course, I was on to him. So. Yeah, I, I survived that bad advice. You survived the bad advice. I did. Wait, have we talked? Have I told the story on the podcast before? Because speaking of you having oh, babies, we <laughs> <laughs> there was 
I feel like I have talked about this, but I talk about it all the time because it's so funny to me. There was one time you were on the phone and I could hear you and I was sitting in the other room and you were talking to one of your friends and you were like, oh, I totally know what you mean. It's like, it's like right when, as soon as you get pregnant and you want to go skydiving. And bungee jumping. And bungee jumping. That's what you're like, oh yeah, that's just like, you know, when you're pregnant and you want to go bungee jumping. I was like. It seemed to hit me where I would want to do these wild things and I'd be like, dang it. Kid holding me back. The sacrifices I have made for you. All of those extreme sports I would have been involved in. You never wanted (laughs) to go. That's not been for you. Right? I saved you from bungee jumping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I appreciate that. That is funny. Yeah, no, I just think that you like freedom. And so you're like, well, I don't want to go bungee jumping, but I can't if I could. Yes, yes. I totally agree. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That was a good question. What's your worst? My worst advice I've ever been given. Um, and please don't make anything I've given you. Um, Kev, you got anything? Um, oh, uh, best advice? That's I, I have worst. one off the top of my okay. head. Um, and this isn't even someone that I knew, but like growing up, I was used to like to listen to the Howard Stern show. That's how I why I wanted to be in radio. Yeah. And of course, everyone who's a fan of that who gets into radio, they all want to do some like outrageous show like that. And uh, there was some kid who got kicked off the air his very first day at his college radio station. He reached out to Howard like, I was just being like you. And he said, no, you weren't being like me. That's not what you do. He said, before you get into the clown car, learn to be an acrobat. And I thought, like, that's yeah. a really good advice. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, learn the craft, you know. Yes. Don't think that you're an expert right away and just kind of learn to be good at the fundamentals and the logistics before you try to be outrageous. Yeah. Well, and the thing about it is he, he really did say what he was doing. He was trying to be like Howard Stern. Like I I think he wasn't being who he was, which, you know, you, there is no other Howard Stern. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Do your, be your own person. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's true. I, here's advice that at the time I thought I was terrible, but probably turned out to being some of the best advice I'd ever gotten, or at least some of the most applicable advice. It was when I was 16 and I was quitting my first job, which I had at Jamba Juice. And I had only been working there for like three months, but I was terrified to quit because like someone else had just quit. And um, I had never like sent in a two weeks notice before anywhere. And so I like went to my dad and I was like, dad, can you approve this message, you know? Uh, and it was an email and he read it and he was like, no, you need to like cut half of that out because you don't have to explain why why you're leaving a job. Yes. And I thought that was like the rudest thing anyone could do because I was like, <laughs> this Jamba Juice obviously needs me, you know? <laughs> like no one's going to make those mango agogos if I leave. Like this giant corporation oh, cannot function awesome. without me. So, But at the time I was like, it's so rude because I know that they are going to need people and they need to understand that I'm moving. But then once I got older, I was like, absolutely not. Yeah. And that's what people do a lot of times when, myself included, because I think there are certain times where you do owe someone an explanation. Yeah. But like if someone invites you somewhere and you can't go, you don't have to be like, no, I can't. And here's why. It all started off on a oh, Tuesday absolutely. at dawn. Like, no, you absolutely. just said, no, I can't make it. Thank you for inviting me. Because I think that when we begin to invite people into reasons of our life around our excuses, it's crossing a boundary. Yeah. Like, you you just say, hey, can't make it tonight. So sorry. Like, yes. that's, it doesn't need to be anymore. No, or any that's less. great advice. Um, yeah. I've, one of my really good friends, um, when you guys were younger, Tracy Cheatham, her mom, I think, gave her this one. 
and it was never complain, never explain. Mm. And I love that. I like that. It's very badass. Very good advice. And it's very simple. Catchy. Right. When you get pulled over and the cop's <laughs> like, why were you going 40 over on you're, a side street? Like, and you're like, never complain, never explain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd use it then. <laughs> right. We don't need to go there. Have, have you gotten any tickets recently? No, I got speeding tickets like the first two years I had a car. I think I only got two. And then um, uh, I've gotten tons of parking tickets. Well, I've, that's, I've paid the city of LA. That's into California. Yeah, you can't live out there without getting <laughs> no, there being was, prepared for parking tickets. It, it, I've, it, it's been so, an exorbitant amount of money over all the years that I've lived there. And the funniest thing was the most recent one I got, I had lost it because I was think I was moving somewhere at the time. And then I found it like four months later and I was like, oh, my God. I'm going to owe them like $400. And I don't know the rhyme or the reason because it doesn't make any sense, but it was like the original price it was when you get it. Even though it goes up, it doubles every like 30 days, I think. Wow. So I have no idea what happened. I was like, this is clearly just a miracle. You're lucky you didn't have to give your firstborn child. (laughs) (laughs) I sold my soul not to pay a parking ticket. (laughs) Yeah. Golly. They want a kidney or something. Oh, I mean, I have two of those. I have a spare one. Don't be so cavalier, darling. What does that mean? Cavalier? Yeah. Just like you don't care about your kidney? <laughs> Specific like, I'll definition. I'll give one up. <laughs> oh, I have okay. two. Lackadaisical. Yeah. Is that the right? S- similar. Okay. Okay. Um, I was going to say something, but I forgot. So do okay, we want to n- move on? Non- yeah. What's next? We're going to go to our non-current event, which is our my favorite segment. I love doing this. Um, it's exciting to never talk about anything that's actually happening because I feel like we're living in a time where that is consumed. We're consumed with the events of day-to-days because they're so unpredictable. Wow, And yes. it's insanity. So this is actually from, happened on February 2nd in 2016. So it's not that non-current of event, but anything since like before March of this year seems like ancient yeah. history. So, <laughs> no kidding. Um, I think we'll be fine. B.C., before COVID. Yes, B.C., before. Okay, so a suicide bomber boarded a plane with a sophisticated explosive device built into his laptop, and 20 minutes into the the flight, it exploded, but since they were not cruising altitude, all it did was blow him out of the plane. (laughs) For real? I'm was dead he in, serious. Was he in a seat or the bathroom or where was I he? I think he was sitting somewhere that was near where if it had gone off correctly, the fuel, it would have caught the fuel. I don't know anything. I have no idea. They didn't I say exactly where. I've never heard this. It's crazy. And I would think you'd get, like, everyone would get sucked out of the plane. Oh, they it weren't high enough. Yes, they weren't high enough. And, okay, so a few things. Two people were injured, but no one died. And it happened in, um, I mean, I wrote it down because I don't know. Moga... Mogadishu, I think. Mogadishu? It's in Somalia. I, I Googled how to pronounce it, but I don't know if that's right because there's so many times when you Google how to pronounce something that has like led me incredibly astray. <laughs> that's like, right. That, that's where uh, Black Hawk Down was, Mogadishu. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Because like, there was one time I went to an audition that had this like word in it that I didn't know, and I Googled how to say it on YouTube, and, and you it was it incredibly wrong. wrong. And I had told one of my friends, I was like, oh, I did look it up. It's this. And they, <laughs> and they came out of the audition because they were before me, and they were like, that was not correct. And oh, I was like, no. you should know that that was not intentional. <laughs> I would have looked just just as bad. Okay. But uh, yeah, so it happened in Mogadishu, Somalia. And uh, they say that because the flight was delayed an hour, that that the, uh, 
what's the word, detonation time. Yeah. They say that that's why it probably saved a lot of people's lives because the flight was delayed due to like weather or something. Wow. So I thought that was really, really cool because you never know. Did like, he live? No, he got flown out, like blew, literally he blew blown. himself out of the side of the airplane. And he's the only one. He's the only one. Two people were injured. Wow. Isn't that interesting? And I'm like, who knows? I mean, it could have been like maybe they think, I mean, they said it was allegedly a bomb because I don't think they never like prosecuted it. And you can't ever actually say that someone was guilty. So, I mean, maybe the computer just blew up on its own, but I'm pretty sure it was. <laughs> pretty sure it was a suicide bomber, but I don't ever want to accuse someone without knowing. And he's not here to, <laughs> he's not here to defend himself. So was it a guy or a girl? Uh, I think it was a guy. Okay. I'm not sure though. Okay. You know, Thanks. women can be suicide bombers too. Like I know. <laughs> that's why I asked. Um, uh, Equal opportunity. <laughs> yes. But um, I thought that was like interesting for a few reasons. It, it made me think of that quote that's like, play stupid games, get stupid prizes. Yeah. Like that is like, that is so, it's just funny how when things are meant to happen, it's just going to happen or it's not going to happen. Because when I was first researching for the non-current event, I wanted to find, I read this story on Reddit like months ago and I couldn't find it. But it was a doctor telling a story about how someone came in with an attempted suicide and lived because they shot themselves in the chin, but it went directly oh, through. Oh, oh, it gives me the willies. I know, sorry. It went directly through the middle of their like brain hemispheres. Wow. And they lived. Wow. So it didn't damage because it brain. went between them. Yes, like, but I'm like, that has so many things have to happen for that to to line up so perfectly. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting how sometimes even when God we try and control our fate so hard that if we're meant if we're meant to live a longer life, like there's we're divinely protected and if we're not like that's not our you know what i mean yes 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 it's got to be divine intervention absolutely yeah there was actually tons of people who had survived attempted gunshot wounds to their heads when i was researching it but that one was the only one that wasn't like it malfunctioned or it went like through their jaw rather than brain because that's your brain your brain is sensitive now it's ready for the neural link (laughs) now his brain has he already has the hole in his and he can call Elon Musk and get that neural link done. Oh, oh Jesus. It's creepy. And so how did that lead to the other? I'm super curious. Um, I honestly have no idea. I think I was on Reddit looking oh, for the one thing and, and then I found the other this thing came up. Yes. Got it. And I was like, well, this is interesting. Um, but yeah, because I remember I don't think I ever heard about that in the news or anything. I've never heard of it. Nuts, right? But probably because it was in another country, maybe it didn't yeah. make the big news for for us. Because I know when they that they had that um, president of I forget which African country it, Tanzania? it is. I don't remember for sure which Pretty one it, sure was, it was, was or Zimbabwe. I, I forget. But what the one that gave the COVID test to like a goat and fruit and oh yeah, and it tested it, positive. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so that was pretty crazy. But I, I like what you were saying about I do I do believe that God decides the death rate. Yeah. And the death date. Yeah. And I think we get caught up in trying to as humans uh, in with good intention to try and save somebody's life mm-hmm. or to to be that, you know, the boss or to be afraid of the liability because these governors that are in charge of all these people are having to make these very serious 
decisions. Yeah, it is a big responsibility. But, but I do think that um, at some point you have to decide that you want to live rather than to hedge against death. When, like you're saying, it, here's a perfect example of somebody that literally not only thought he was going to take his life, but he thought he was going to take down a whole mm -hmm. plane. Mm -hmm. And God had a completely different death rate, yeah. <laughs> death date for all the other people aboard, mm -hmm. which is so cool. No, I agree, because I think that, like, when, like, someone hits someone with a car and it's an accident and that person dies, like, people are like, oh, if that didn't happen, they would still be alive. And I'm like, they could have fallen down the stairs later that day and snapped their neck. Like, it's so, life is really fragile, but we yeah. can't live it like it's too fragile. That was my point. Yeah. Ex excellent darling you get it you get it i i get it <laughs> she's been speaking australian or in an australian accent like nazi cuckoo bananas <laughs> you like have no idea how long i've been trying to work on this and it's still like awful yeah you're you're doing better though i'm like getting there you know what i mean <laughs> yes i do <laughs> like sometimes i literally have no idea what i'm talking about it's just like only words i can say in an accent you know you you got it. You had the English one down, so now you've got to. Do you get them confused? Yeah, sometimes they like go in and out of each other, and I'm like, whoops, my bad. All your different personalities. <laughs> they all have different accents, so it's easy to spot them. <laughs> we just need to name them. Oh yeah, you're always like, what's that name? What's her name? And I'm like, I don't know. She names herself. I'm in the habit of doing that. Um, I, I really do believe that people have fractals and, you know, mm -hmm. different um, aspects that are prioritizing running their life at that moment. And, mm -hmm. and they're different. You, you put know? on different hats. Yeah, because that's like disassociative identity disorder is often caused by like extreme trauma as a child because you, you have to disassociate from reality, obviously. But I think on a small level, it happens with like, really small traumas. And so like we create these facets of ourselves that so the next time that that event happens, we're prepared for it with a new persona that's not going to be as damaged by it as like the previous or one. Or protects you from it. Yeah. There's a lot of different angles that that they have, but um, you know, I I really do believe everybody has different personalities that are inside like I am a mom to you in one role and I'm a friend to Kevin in another role and I work with so-and-so in another role and they're they're distinctly different how I mm -hmm. would react and how comfortable I feel and and what you actually get from me yeah you know no, I agree it's and like so there's sometimes like people I'll, <laughs> I'll never forget I was in my sister's kitchen and she was saying something about uh if you die I you know I, this would happen and I'm like you would say that? Like, that's nothing about, like, I'm not even like that. Why would you say that? And she's like, you're not? And we had this whole conversation about it. I mean, this is somebody that's known me my whole life. <laughs> and she was, in my opinion, wrong on that one area. Yeah. So it just shows you, you really, as well as you know somebody, you really don't know them. And that's one of the things I love about people who have really good skills for having arguments. They don't just react to something. They ask for clarification. Mm, you know, mm -hmm. did you say that? Why did you say that? And then, and then I'm going to get mad <laughs> mm -hmm. because it might not have been meant the way that I'm taking it. Yeah. No, I think it is. It's a weird concept to think about how every single person in our lives has a completely different concept of who we are. Yeah. To them. Yeah. Like that's weird. It is weird. But think about they, they, we interpret them with our filter. Yeah. 
And so each person that we meet, we filter out things about them. <laughs> yeah, it's we're fun. like, I don't like that. I like that. <laughs> we're going to keep that. <laughs> well, it, and, and it's just there's so many bits of information. There's only so much of it that we can take in. And yeah. so we filter according to what's interesting to us. Oh, wow. That is so true because there's so many things that I think are so interesting and I'll like tell someone about it and I can just like see that look in their eyes <laughs> where it goes blank because they're like, they're trying so hard to care, but they literally cannot. Like, was it me? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I think you're actually like, I'm you're very in- interested. Yeah. 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 I think that's one of the reasons why God gave me you. Why? So you could teach me. Teach you just everything. Every, oh. Yeah. You, I'm very interested in everything you have to say. Thank you for all the information. Well, yeah, you're my mom, though. You're a little biased. Yes, very. You're, you're self-invested. There's no better human, female, girl, daughter on earth. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, what were we saying before that? I don't know. Different aspects of different people. Oh, personalities? Yeah. Oh, did you have somewhere you were going to go? Yes, I was going to say How everyone perceives you, every person has a different perception of Oh, you bits or, of information? Oh, yes. Okay, bits of information. So when I, I went to this like free sleep hypnosis dream interpretation class a few years ago. <laughs> that, I know, it's a, long, it's a long thing. But like my friend dropped out last minute and I was very excited to go. I learned a lot of very interesting things. But they say that we, that's one of the reasons that sleep is so important because we can only take in a certain amount of information each day. And if our brain doesn't have time to like go through it at night and reset it, then we can take in like even less information the next day. But they're like, you'll hit a point when you know that you have reached your tipping point for information. And then everything after that is just like what shits and giggles. I don't know. Like it just goes through. It's It's like a little pipeline. Yes, exactly. And I can always like, I feel like I feel that with information, but I also feel that, at social events. Like I could be having the time of my life and then it'll hit me where I'm like, I have had enough. I have nothing left. (laughs) Tap, tap, tap. Like I'm like, I literally have to leave now (laughs) because my personality left without me (laughs) and left my body here. Like I'll get to a point where I can be having, I'm just the shell of myself. Literally. That's how I feel. Like I'll be having a great conversation with someone I just met and then it'll hit. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what to say anymore. Yeah. Like I have to go. Like I get awkward. I'm like, but yeah. it's funny, and, it, and you learn to regulate it, but... Well, I think it's sleep and it, all the different um, brainwaves, all the different brainwave mm-hmm. states fascinate me. And one of the things that I've recently learned is that while we're dreaming, we're literally kind of in the fourth dimension, and it's a place where God can work with us to unfold more of our divine intelligence if we take the time when we wake up to remember remember it and to practice writing it down and to not have an alarm you know something that's so loud it's jarring you from one one place into 3d really quick what do you have like supposed to have like a little leprechaun to come like (laughs) nudge you awake (laughs) that'd be 
good. Do you have one? <laughs> no. I would love to have a leprechaun wake me up. I don't have morning. an alarm clock. I have an angel that slowly brings me out of my God dimension. <laughs> People have to go to work. They can't just get rid of their alarms. No. Well, what I was going to say is it, not for it not to be alarming. <laughs> so to have it be more gentle sound, you know, I, like water. You can't because you're deaf. In I literally you, cannot. Yours is so frightening. The whole freaking <laughs> building wakes up. Everyone hates my alarm, but I, because I, because I'm deaf in my right ear. So if I'm asleep on my left side, I can't hear anything. And so I have slept through alarms so many times. When I have something really important, I'll set, set it several. So it's the it is the most annoying noise. It's on, that you have access to on an iPhone, and I put it on the other side of the room, so I have to get up and go get it. Yeah. So I can't just like tap snooze on it. And it is. It's very jarring. There's been many times it has like jolted me awake, but yeah. But one of the things that I've learned from meditation, and I believe that dream state is similar, um, is that you really can learn a lot. And I feel like they're they're like little codes or little um, clues or little ways for you to um, ascend into higher and higher connection mm -hmm. with our maker, if we can pay attention to the little signs and symbols and, and the things that are going on in our dreamscapes or our meditation um, space, mm -hmm. which is really, I, I find it addictive. I just love it. High off meditation, man. I do. I get really high off of it. I read something a few years ago, so I don't know if it's true, but um, I was reading about dreams and they were saying how you can't dream someone you've never seen before. So when we have strangers in our dreams, it could be someone we like walked by when we were in a mall or something like that. But it, we can't fabricate that information. Really? Yes. I don't know. How do they know that? I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like doubting you. I'm just saying like, how do, how do the experts figure that out? I think because of the way, um, cause I'm pretty sure, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to Google this all right. I've now, always wondered so stuff like that. Like how do they know? For instance, I'm a dragonfly specialist. How do they know a dragonfly sees, you know, 11 more colors or whatever the number is than we do? How do they know what colors they are that they're seeing if we don't see them? Does that make sense? Yeah. There's, I'm sure there's a way that they figure it out, but... Or people that are colorblind, you know, how do they know? <laughs> well, because the people can tell you. They can be... Everyone's like, that's green. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? But you would think they wouldn't because their whole life, whatever that we were pointing to, they think is green. Okay, but and after... Dogs can be colorblind. They can't tell you. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. How do they know that? It's probably just like reactionary tests or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Unless there's like a smear campaign on the, <laughs> the eyesight of dogs and everyone's like, we started a conspiracy. Dogs are colorblind. We can't let them know that they can see colors. It's too dangerous. That's funny. I don't, I really, I have no idea, but I just thought that was interesting. I think one of the reasons that they think it is because um, I'm pretty sure that if you were born blind, you dream in emotions because you've never seen like physical things. So mm -hmm. you can't see it in your head because you have no sense for it. Yeah. And that's another thing that happens to me in meditation. There's, um, there's this space that every once in a while you get into that, like, you can't even describe it with words as far as how many different layers there are in it. And so I could see where that would happen. And that's why I've always thought it'd be really cool to do, like, a sensory... Deprivation, deprivation tank or whatever. I know you've done it. Yeah, I've done it twice. Did you like it? 
Um, the first time was cool and relaxing. I think it is like meditation where you have to do it a few times before you can get to that state quickly. Mm-hmm. But okay, the second time I did it, I bought it off of a Groupon, <laughs> which I knew was like the first sign you shouldn't ever do something called sensory deprivation when you get it off of a Groupon. Um, <laughs> but it was literally an underground place in somewhere in California. And uh, But I made the mistake of doing a two-hour session rather than a one-hour one, and it was so long. And I had to pee so bad <laughs> and I got all the salt water in my eyes and they give you like this little spray bottle to use in case you get salt water in your eyes but uh-huh. it's sensory deprivation so you're crawling around you can't find in nothingness <laughs> looking like you can get to the wall eventually because it's not huge yeah. but you're like I what literally couldn't feel I? where the water bottle was I was literally like is someone is gonna save me is yeah well because you can have like aura lights if you want but I wanted to like go all out and yeah. get the whole experience I would too I would too you do feel really good afterwards because it's so good for your muscles and um it's nice because it, it since it does remove everything, you're just left there with your thoughts. Right. But mine weren't like dreams and angels. It was just like, I think I expected my entire mind to change when I got in there rather than using that as a tool to help right. enhance right. what it was. Like I was expecting just to like hop in and it happened, like taking drugs or something. Because the guy in the waiting room was like, oh yeah, this is like an LSD trip. And I was like, wow, I can't wait. And then it wasn't. But I do think that you have to put a little more effort in on your end for to have that experience right but I've only done it twice so well it's interesting because I I teach a lot of people how to meditate because when you get really good at something and you share the experience with people they they want to have that experience as well and I think that when we're quiet our emotions bubble up mm-hmm. and it's it's not the good ones I don't know why it's it's the things that are stressing us. It's the things that we're worried about. And when you sit through those and you you just let them go, then eventually you can get into a better and better space. But that's why I usually suggest that people do guided meditations. Oh, yeah, I do that. At first. So when I'm working with one of my clients and I'm running them through a custom you know, meditation, I literally purposefully put in 20 seconds of silence for them to imagine whatever it is or to work on whatever it is. And then the next time, 30 seconds. And the next time, 60 seconds. And you wouldn't think 60 seconds is very long, but when you sit quiet in meditation for 60 seconds, and as you get better and better at it, then you can start doing it on your own where you can sit there for five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 Mm -hmm. minutes and you can really start building up. You got to where you could do it for a long time. Yeah, I usually do guided ones. Like if I'm, I sit in silence a lot because I think it's important, but I don't necessarily meditate. I literally just sit and close my eyes and think because I, my, my thought, my thoughts just move like so fast and I I like put things away. I like compartment. I'm like, we'll discuss that later. We'll go through this later. (laughs) Like we'll have a council meeting. And so I'll just like sit in silence and then just let all these thoughts process. So they're not like underlying running around in the background. Right. You know what I mean? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Um, so I think silence is really important. And then when I meditate, I usually do it intentionally, like with some type of like energy or grounding or anxiety or chakras or things like that. Cause I like the guided ones because sometimes that's when my brain feels too worn out to like generate that on its own. Right. That makes sense. It's, no, it's work. And that's why yeah. I always tell people, you know, once you make this decision to meditate, it, 
it needs to be a lifelong decision. It's kind of like you decide to drink more water or whatever. You just do it for forever. Don't forever. You know, now that you're you start finally, working out, finally yep. drinking water. <laughs> now <laughs> that I'm now that I'm hydrated in a way that you're happy with me. I've literally been you told me the other day, you're like, it's so crazy. For 12 years, God has been telling me. <laughs> you literally said God has been telling you to drink more water God even sent for 12 other people to tell me years. To. For 12 years. And I you're know. like, nah. I'm not proud of it. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. I just didn't like water until we got that Berkey. And Berkey's I knew awesome. that the fluoride was out of it. And, and it just tastes so much more clean. And then I love my Yeti. Yeah, because you get to drink ice cold water. And it's so good. It is nice. Carlisle, yeah. have you ever done one of your mom's guided meditations, or is it too weird? And, you know, I haven't done it. I've listened to him, though, before, like when she was editing them and stuff. But I haven't done like the whole experience. Have you done one, Kev? I've listened you, you to I know to them, them pretty well. Yeah, yeah, you know them probably very well. I've, I've got into it before. Yeah. It's Unexpectedly, honestly. But yeah. It's like I'll sit for a minute, just like rest my eyes while I'm editing and just play it. And it's very relaxing. I do this I do this one where I introduce people to their highest and best self and many times people tear up and get chills and it's really really fun to get that feedback from them after they've experienced it they're like whoa you know they've got tears in their eyes and it's really cool it's a, an expansion of love you know like this capacity of love just grew inside of them and I love it yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, because people aren't used to giving themselves, you know, and support. And back to, <laughs> back to your counseling with yourself. My, when you were little, counsel. you had probably 30 different... Imaginary friends. <laughs> we had a lot to discuss. <laughs> I had things to do. And it's funny because I, I would love any young mom out there listening to this. Um, I wish I would have encouraged it rather than just gone, oh, that's so cute. She's got 30 friends and they've got weird names like Belly <laughs> and Navy. But I, I wish I would have encouraged it and, and found out more about it and gone into your world with you because now that I've experienced so much in my Theta Wave State meditation contemplation, um, sitting there, you know, saying verses over and over again from the Bible you realize that you connect with this light, this amazing, and who knows, you could have been entertaining angels, and I'm I'm like, oh, that's cute. You know, you even one time said an angel pinched your nose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had way more imaginary friends than I've ever had real friends. <laughs> but no, that, okay, but we have an imaginary friend now. He lives yes, in our apartment. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we, we, during quarantine, uh, created an imaginary house elf named Bon Bon. <laughs> and he's I, terrible at chores, but we love him. And, and he steals popcorn. He steals popcorn. And there is honestly a lot of house elf drama that goes on. Because <laughs> he has a girlfriend. Yeah. Her name's Yum Yum. <laughs> but she cheated on him. With his brother. <laughs> yeah. He lives on the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> we're not ever bored <laughs> I was about to say you should write children's books or something and then you got to the cheating part I'm like, oh, <laughs> watch out JK Rowling <laughs> we're coming for you yeah we leave each other notes and then we sign it like we're one of the house elves <laughs> they're actually not even cute notes they're like threats <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> we're like, I'm, t I'm trying to remember what you said you were the first one to do it I was so funny I walk out of my bedroom and there's this <laughs> note on the floor, and it's from, was it Yum Yum or Bon Bon? I think it was Bon Bon. Yeah, the first one was from Bon Bon. Bon Bon, but I, I don't remember 
what it was. You were he was mad at me for something. <laughs> I think I think I wanted something from the grocery store and I chose to tell you through our house elf. <laughs> but the one I left from Yum Yum I Yum so Yum really, left one. And so really the house elf is me. <laughs> <laughs> you just made it fun. <laughs> It's like, wow, this this elf doesn't show up the way she wants it to. Yeah, we used to have to blame everything on the cats, but now we can blame it on the house elves. It's kind of nice. We used to blame everything on Dane, too. <laughs> Never us, though. Never no. me. Heck no. We're too good. But no, I really believe uh, people should encourage their kids' creativity. Um, kids should spend time alone. Um, after, I think it's something like 20 minutes where a child is quiet and has no sound around them, that's when they start accessing their own genius. And the same is true for, for you know, adults. Like, that time that you're quiet... It's when you're listening. It's cre- Yes. Yeah. Yes. Here's the thing is, too, and it's really hard, I think, because it, emotions that you have wanted to avoid come up, mm-hmm. but I think once we realize that it's, it's just has to... We have to go through it to release it. Like that's always going to be there when you get quiet until you sit with it and like allow it. And people and are distracted and yeah. with television it's and easy people and parties. Yourself. And that has been one of the nice things about being in the quasi lockdown right now is just more time to think and create and to do things that you would normally never do. Kevin, have you created anything new? Oh man, I feel like maybe I haven't. I just can't think of it. Okay. <laughs> How about you, Car? Oh, I came out of quarantine with no new skills. <laughs> I, everyone's like baking bread and ma- having plants and stuff like that. Um, I, I played instruments a lot more. Oh, that's cool. But um, you started, I always just play other people's stuff. I never create anything on my own. That's awesome, though. That's being creative. And then, Carly, you started a, a new collection. You're wearing. Uh, oh, yeah. I bought things. That's not a skill. <laughs> I have a collection of two. Of two so um, far. vintage so far. NBA sweatshirts. I want to get show all. Us, show us what you got. Isn't that so cool? Yeah, it is. Let's see it. It's very Lakers cool. Forum. It says Forum, so it's like an OG sweatshirt. Very yeah. excited about it. It's not it. I the love Staples sweatshirts. Center. No, I love sweatshirts. So I was like, that's a collection I'll actually use. So Because I used to collect like uh, rare coins. Yes. And I have so many crazy things. I have like a, a cashier's check from like the 1800s or something. I have all these things that when I was buying them at the Dallas Gold and Silver Exchange, they're like, this is worthless. And I was like, <laughs> but it's cool. <laughs> She bought an antique sword once too. Oh, I know. I lost it. it had, goes a long and she way, bought man. a silver bar, and it mm-hmm. was. She bought it because it had pink on it. It had kind of oxidized and a little a bar pink. of silver. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, it was it, heavy. Oh yeah, it was so heavy. I couldn't believe how dense it was. Yeah, and then I sold it a few years ago, so I could. You made a lot of money on it. I know. I know. That's what paid for one of my Airbnbs when I was in Europe. So, <laughs> And I bought it when I was like 11 because I had made money from doing one episode of Prison Break. Yes. That's, that's exactly right. That's when TV was paying big money. There you go. Yeah. Do um, you miss acting? Um, I don't miss people telling me what to do, but I miss the creative aspect of it. Yeah. I like, it's, to me, the, a lot of the business side that comes with it is so draining and boring mm-hmm. that the really awesome creative parts don't match up, if that makes sense. Sure. Because you're like, it's, so most auditions are just like stupid ones for very small roles, and it's not like a fun character you get to do. So when you first get into acting, you think you're going to be doing all these like groundbreaking things all the time, and then you get, it's like assistant number three, yeah. and, like, <laughs> two lines. And, um, and th- it's the only pursuit 
that not only is the success rate so low, but people go to auditions while working full time and not get any feedback. So like if you live in LA and you have an audition in Santa Monica, it's going to take you two hours to get there if there's traffic and two hours to get back. Meanwhile, these people are going to go through 100 auditions a day and you're not going to get any feedback. You have to pay for your headshots. You have to pay for your gas. You have to pay for everything and do everything just for casting directors to tell you that you don't deserve their feedback yet until you have more like clout or whatever, better agents. And I'm like, I think that there needs to be a little more symbiotic or something. Because there is, there's SAG rules. Like you shouldn't have to wait over an hour at audition or something like that. But no one reports. What's your worst experience? Because then you get snitched upon. <laughs> What's your worst experience in an audition? Or I don't know, but I had a really funny experience. One time I went to an audition, like, probably four or five years ago in L.A. Yeah. It's for a scary movie. And there was a girl there who was auditioning for the movie, and she was sitting there on the floor, surrounded by all these letters, answering her own fan mail in the audition <laughs> waiting room. <laughs> I was like, she's trying to intimidate everybody ahead of time. Right. But I'm like, how does that intimidate me? That just tells me that you're disorganized. Like (laughs) you, you had to carry all that up the stairs to sit there for literally five minutes. So people know that like, so that people, you have fans that seven year olds like send you pony drawings. Like I don't, (laughs) I don't, I was like that. it, It was one of the most like LA things I've ever seen. I think. Yeah. It's the peak of like having to prove that you're somebody while you're begging for everyone else to notice that you're somebody, you know what yeah. I mean? Like totally. Yeah. Um, one of the other things I wanted to get to today was the conspiracies Dun-dun-dun. surrounding the sinking of the Titanic. There's a conspiracy on that one too. There's actually, five, I didn't even know that there's five conspiracies around the quote unquote real reason the Titanic sank. Um, and this one is the least possible, basically debunked, but my own personal favorite. <laughs> of course. Is I can't that wait to hear it. The Titanic was doomed due to a mummy curse. Oh, interesting. So the story is that an ancient mummified princess was excavated, which if you see a woman asleep, leave her asleep. <laughs> Okay, I don't care if it's been thousands of years. Don't mess with the princess. Don't wake her up. Don't mess with the sleeping princess. We know this. Yes, we know this. This is not it's not sleeping beauty, okay? This is a sleeping demon, apparently. But she deserved to be laid to rest peacefully. And uh, apparently they had excavated her and removed her from Egypt. And this American archaeologist who had heard that she was haunted uh, bought it and tried to bring it back to the States and never made it. You know, it's interesting when you think about how many people were on that that ship. Uh It makes you wonder uh, how many theories there probably were. (laughs) Because think about it. There's probably for every single person on the ship, there's somebody thinking that, oh, wow, that's, you know, my grandfather, you know, he had bad luck every time he was on a boat. Or, you know what I mean? Like, there could be... Hundreds of these. So I could see where there'd be five. Um, I'm trying to find this one thing. And so why do you like that one the most? That you you think it's darkest or? I just think it's mystical and exciting. The other ones are, uh, uh, let me find it where I have it. The ship wasn't the actual Titanic. It was the the Olympic and that they're. They say they're really similar. Yes. Yeah. I I do remember hearing that. That I think it was deliberate because. John Jacob Astor, Benjamin Guggenheim, and 
Isidore Strauss were opposed to the creation of the Federal Reserve Bank. Oh. And their deaths in the wreck supposedly smoothed the way for the establishment of the Federal Reserve the following year. Oh, this is the one I vote for. I vote for this one. Follow the money. Yeah, they the men were opposed to income tax legislation as well. Um what year did the Titanic happen? Eighteen. Nineteen twelve. Oh, okay, thank you. According to the others, the Catholic Order of Jesuits or the plutocrat J.P. Morgan lured the men onto the ship into their deaths. Wow. Some people think it was attacked by a German U-boat, the Curse of the Pharaoh. That's my favorite. Um, well, there's all these rumors now that they're going back to the gold standard. I um, should, I should say uh, not all these rumors. There's rumblings of rumors that they're going back to the gold standard. So I was very curious about the last time that it was, and it was April 5th, 1933, that um, President Roosevelt started confiscating, demanding, like you had to turn in your gold. Oh, wow. Like, I don't know how they know how much gold somebody has, but yeah, I'll hide that. (laughs) I'd be like, sir, this is all my gold. (laughs) He's like, where did that big house come from? And then how do you pay somebody in gold? Like you just snap off a piece of your... Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't Just know. I don't bring know. a little ice pick with you, like <laughs> in line at Whole Foods. Like, how much Just is this going to be? Out or, yeah. yeah, I don't know. But uh, so here's another interesting thing. Apparently, a journalist predicted this tragedy. Um, in 1886, this influential British writer, William T. Stead, published a short story called How the Atlantic Mail Steamer Went Down. And apparently the plot is very similar to the Titanic. Um, this is always... This is the no, predictive it, programming listen, we were listen, talking about. In the Atlantic, it collides with another vessel and a shortage of lifeboats on board cause an enormous loss of life. Um, and then... That's crazy. Yeah, I think that guy ended up... Did that guy end up dying on that Titanic? Yeah, he ended up dying on it, apparently. It's funny that the lifeboats the didn't make any it? difference. Yeah, I'm like, why have... It? Have a ship, but not enough lifeboats. But right? it went down like the like how fast it went down, it and the amount unsinkable. of people they had, like personnel. That even if there were more lifeboats, they wouldn't have had time to oh, fill them up anyway. That makes sense. Oh, that brings me to another fun fact about this. I can't. I've tried to find this on Google because <laughs> I remembered. You're excited about this. I can already tell. That's a good one. Um, there's so many. Okay, there's so many interesting fun facts about the Titanic that they left out of the Titanic movie. I want to see the Titanic movie where they go into the conspiracy theory about the mummy actually sinking the ship. Oh, that would be, that would be a movie. cool one. <laughs> um, that, that's actually a good idea. Someone's going to steal it from you. Okay, so there's one guy. Uh, uh, it was rumored that a lot of men dressed up as women to try and make it onto the lifeboats because you know how they were doing the women and children first? No way. Well, yeah, so uh, in... If there's this one rumor that this one guy successfully did and made it onto the lifeboat, but when he got home, someone who survived with him snitched on him, and his wife divorced him. <gasps> oh. And apparently he was also an abusive drunk, oh. so this was probably just the straw that broke the camel's back, yeah. but she probably saw the Titanic sunk and was like, I am free, I get, <laughs> I get everything I want, I get the house, and then he comes walking in, and she's like... Oh, hey. And then his friend's like, listen, you got to hear what he did to survive. And then she divorced him, How which is probably is really that? hard in 1913 to get a divorce. It was very inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, so is dressing like a woman back then. And it's interesting, too, because when you think about it, they, you know, we've become so much more um, like fashion conscious and um, makeup. And, you know, it's like 
so many layers to being a woman now. And back then it probably was easier to <laughs> look like Joe Schmo woman, just throw on a dress and a wig and you're good. Just like, a bonnet. Because they didn't have to have, you know, eyelashes and nails and all the stuff now that so many women have. Yeah, that's true. That's crazy. Are there any more? I love this. Um, there was a lot. There was a, a nurse on board who survived the sinking of the Titanic and then also later in her life survived the sinking of the Britannica. Wow. That's isn't that cool? I thought that was really interesting. And then she's a survivor. I like it. She's got that good vibe going. She floats. <laughs> <laughs> I would never get on another ship again, though. After no, two I of wouldn't them. get. I, I would. I've been on, and I'm. We will not ever be sponsored by a cruise company because I. <laughs> I do cruise companies. Will oh, cruises sponsor. are great. Never. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> ever. Ever. Ever get on one? I've been on, and it was horrible. You know how I like freedom, and you do not have freedom on a ship. They have all these weird rules, like you line up to before you get in, and then you got to go through the whole thing and wear your uh, life preserver and learn all this stuff. And and then when you're in port, you can't get stuff off the ship store. And when you're out of port, I mean, it's just too many rules for me. I was like, no. And back then, they made you sit next to somebody at dinner it was like assigned seats they didn't like give you any and that was horrible they too. still do that oh they do really <laughs> i've never been on well like, i mean you'll be with your like immediate party but you'll be at a table yes. with some random yes people. and if you don't like them it's not fun <laughs> you deal with them for seven days yeah never would do that again yeah never also the world newspaper reported when they first heard of the titanic the headline was titanic sinking no lives lost because they hadn't gotten the information. They just knew that there was lifeboats. And so they thought no one died on the Titanic. That's a big assumption. <laughs> it is a very big assumption. Thank God we have the internet now. Well, it, the news people don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> right? They're like, it's this just is, as inaccurate. <laughs> they're like, this is true. Now as it was then. And it was, it's, you literally have to do your own. We are the news. People are correct. We are the news now. But I like the name World Newspaper. What happened to that? Is um, there still such a thing? The World Newspaper? I don't know. The World reported. And then the Vancouver Daily declared, I think this is just a really funny title. The Titanic sinking, but probably no lives lost. Like, they openly admitted. They're like, we don't we really don't know. know. <laughs> we don't know. I think that's that's awesome. That's a bold assumption for a disaster that size. It, You're right. It that's, is. I like that they're optimistic. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> it's Canada. Even it would, though it was it would misplaced. Be like me. It would be like me. I'm putting on my rose-colored glasses. Every one of those people are going to live. Right, of course. <laughs> it was the Canadians. They're like, tragic disaster, but everyone's fine. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's cool. I like that. I know. Me too. I You're that was full cool. of good news today. I mean, I mean, good stuff. Good I like news. your fun facts. Thank you. I was there. If anyone's interested, feel free to contact me. There's this <laughs> list of like 41 fun facts about the Titanic that people didn't know. And I had a very great time reading it because it was fascinating. Yeah. Can you good. send that to me? Yes, I will. I will. <laughs> Thanks. I got yeah, you. Did you look up any of the Illuminati movies we talked about, Kev? No, I have not yet. Oh, okay. I'm glad you reminded me of that. I completely yeah, forgot. You're welcome. We'll send you the list. Did you guys watch Videodrome? No. No. I'm sure yet. you keep okay, it on your list. I'm writing that down. <laughs> you might hate it, but it's a good, it definitely falls into that category. Yes. Oh, and it was so crazy, too, because Carly and I watched this one called The Containment. And then, literally, this week in Australia, they literally are containing seven towers full of people for se uh, five, five days, and they're not letting anyone in or anyone out. And the guy that was reporting, he was the one in charge of it all. He's like, yeah, 
we think we'll be able to feed everyone and you know provide them with their needs i'm going Jesus. think like you can't be my pilot on my airplane because i don't want a pilot that thinks he can get me there yeah <laughs> it's like you guys cannot leave your houses it's we're gonna quarantine you here but we're pretty sure we can handle it. Like that's yeah. it's awful. like being pretty sure but nobody that, died on Titanic. That literally <laughs> exactly. happened in the movie, and in the movie, it did not end well. <laughs> that's true. It did not end well. I think one person survived. Yeah, and it was a little child. The child survived. Sorry for I love, spoiling that. Yeah, <laughs> it's an old movie. It's not that old, but it was, it was a really was only, short movie. Yeah. I still like, want to watch it. It was yeah. one hour and eleven minutes. It yeah. was really short. <laughs> it was so short. It felt like I was like, "That's it." They yeah. were just gonna end there. I guess you can. You can do whatever you want, but I, I needed a little more closure. Yeah. I was like, where's the child going? We know he's alive, <laughs> but what's he going to do next? He doesn't have a family. Like, who do, all- does, does he have the virus? <laughs> does, does the child have the virus? We don't know. We don't know. Okay. Uh, crazy. Do we want to do our last segment? Sure. Wrap it up. We shall. Okay. So let's go on to why did you tweet that? Okay. Where we scrutinize... And question, question each other's tweets right. or other people's, but yeah. Well, I have two for you this time. Okay, um, you go first. One was actually a retweet of oh, yours no. from your friend Christina. Oh my gosh! And so how funny. she was talking about Capricorns. Uh huh. Um, I don't have that one up, so I'll do the other one first. So um, this one is uh, you. You said this one at the end of June. You said nobody contact me from July thirtieth till. The 2020 champs get their ring in Disney World. <laughs> Nobody was contacting me anyway, but stay that way. Thank you. <laughs> and then you posted uh, somebody had like the schedule. Oh, uh, yes. The NBA is coming back at the end of July. And that was the day the schedule was released for like yeah. the first day of new games. And it's very exciting because the Lakers play the Clippers on like the first day back, which is always just because they're the first and second best teams in the yes. West. Yes. So it's always like a showdown. It's great to watch. I don't care and how I'm, good I was. I'd be like, sorry, guys, you're going to have to play without me. I am not going to go to the, the Walt Disney bubble. <laughs> yeah, they're all they're all going to be quarantined. It sounds in the horrible. What are they? What are like the rules? Do you know like how they the first I think the first two to four two to either the first two or four days they have they're in a hotel room. And they aren't allowed to leave at all because they're doing like a complete quarantine. And then after that, they can go within the facilities and they can bring their chefs in and stuff like that. Whereas now it's like, it's like being on an airplane for two days, basically. Wow. Like they're not allowed to hang out with each other. There was this one, J.R. Smith was doing an Instagram live and he was basically like going around his hotel room and criticizing all the things that they gave <laughs> him. And he was criticizing like all the things that he was doing. He was like, we were all just on a plane together for six hours and right. now we can't hang out right. in a room. And he's like, this is stupid. And then he literally is on Instagram live. And he's like, all right, I got to stop. They're texting me. They're mad at me. <laughs> he's like, I'm revealing too much. It is kind of silly. It was kind of like when we were, took the flight to Florida and you're sitting next to somebody on the plane and then they're telling you, well, don't stand in the thing when you get out because you'll be too close to other people. And yeah. I'm sitting there going... They're like, you're only allowed to infect the stranger next to you and not the stranger <laughs> on the other side of the aisle. Like, <laughs> I think at this point, airlines are just panicking and they're like trying to figure it be out. really responsible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to pull up the other one while you pull up mine. Okay, I'm ready. I have it. Go for it, babe. Okay, you tweeted, it's with a link, so you'll have to explain that a little. I didn't watch the link, but here's a tweet. You said, parents need to stop overprotecting or when their 
kiddos are released into the wild, it won't go well. Which yes. I agree with because all of my friends in high school who had really strict parents were the most wild kids I had ever met. There you go. Would you agree, Kev? Always. I see you going. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Yep. That's like the true. pastor's kids. Like, yep. Not always, but often. Yeah, it's pretty. Whenever crazy. they're let off the leash, they go nuts. Like, yeah, it's true. And the, and some of them are just chill kids who never go wild. But it, what there, it definitely is a pattern. And I think that if I don't know, because if you have a kid, you have to know at some point they're going to do things that are dangerous to their health. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, that's inevitable. It's going to happen eventually. Yeah. And so it's better to have an honest relationship than one that's tyrannical. And I think that was the... um, I I consumed so much information. It was a Sleeping Beauty. Jordan Peterson. Peterson, Yes. And so what was so great about it was that I think that Sleeping Beauty, we really were, were... we're as children, we're just given these things, and nobody tells us the backstory. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why that doesn't get translated. And she literally, <laughs> I love the way he says, she's literally laying there, she's asleep, the guy comes across, he gives her a kiss, she falls in love, he's gone in five minutes, she goes home, her life is destroyed <laughs> because she, that was the man of her dreams after you know just five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it talks about basically how... Um, they didn't want Maleficent at the christening of mm-hmm. the baby. And and the reason that that was that way is because Maleficent really represents nature. Mm-hmm. And nature can be dangerous. And as we all know, there's so much going on now that is dangerous. And if you haven't taught your kids how to handle difficult situations, they're going to be melting down. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that it was, I just thought it was a really cool way to explain that concept yeah. of not hovering over your children, letting them make the mistakes. Yeah, because they have to learn it. Letting them, yeah, for sure. And so here's the other one. I found it. It's uh, your friend Christina Burdett. She said, not all Capricorns are good, but all Capricorns get rich. And I can live with that <laughs> because. Tell- okay. So the, Christina, she's one of my good friends, but she's one of my only friends that's also a Capricorn. So anytime I find, you know, juicy Capricorn news, I text her and I texted her when I found out Kim Jong-un was a Capricorn. <laughs> and then I literally found out the other day that Ghislaine Maxwell is also a Capricorn. I, I brought her that good news. You texted me and was like. Ghislaine Maxwell is a Capricorn. Ha, 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 And ha. then I couldn't wait to look up Epstein, and he only missed it by a day. Yeah, he's a day <laughs> away from being a Capricorn. Uh, um, that's funny. Well, Dr. Fauci's Fauci a Capricorn. was the one that started all this, because I think I looked that one up, too. Yeah. No, apparently a lot of dictators are Capricorns. <laughs> and so that's why I texted Christina, and that was her response. And I was like, that was so funny. So you then, need to tweet that. So then we started looking up everybody that is suspect like yeah. r kelly Sus- he's a capricorn <laughs> literally there are jeff bezos is a capricorn it's true like they're not all good but they do all get rich <laughs> okay so you you were identifying with that part of it and the good news is, is you are a good capricorn i'm, good. I'm one of the good i will ones. co-sign for you thank you you are beautiful cat- capricorn thank you i appreciate thank it. you for doing this show with me did such you, a blessing did you not have another tweet of mine that was it that was the second one Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the first duh. One was the, yeah. Was, Why, do you have another one for me? No, I don't. Okay. I guess I'll just invest it in myself and I got distracted. <laughs> um, We're done. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Toodles. <laughs>